Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. How do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation what your face is going to open some doors. You do what you got to do to stumble through. folks, and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo, a writer, theatre creator, and marketer. I'm a short, round-faced white woman, and I've got these really cool clip-on earrings that I got from my granny. They're like a big, flat pearl rimmed with gold. I love them. I love them so much. And this week, we are talking about self-sabotage and how not to do that with Stephanie Zamora. Hi, Steph. Hi, thank you for having me. I love your earrings. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. You're my first ever international guest. This is very exciting. What an honor. I'm so honored. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for staying up because what time is it? It's not too late for you. It's in... not too late. It's 6.30. Ah, yeah, that's not too bad then. Not too bad. <laughs> Are you a morning person? You know, it depends. I kind of cycle. Sometimes I turn more nocturnal because as a creative person, I know not everyone is this way, but I really love the night because nobody's reaching out to you. No one's emailing you and you just have all this time and space. It feels like like the whole world is yours to just be creative. So it kind of depends. I totally agree. Most of the time, I, I'm definitely a night person, always have been, but it feels different at night. It feels like the world has gone to sleep and now yeah. my brain can do its thing. Exactly. It's like our brains know that it's quieter in the world. Mm, and now they're like, and now I will give you this excellent idea. You <laughs> thought that you were going to get to sleep at a reasonable hour. You were wrong. We're going to ponder the strangest things you could ever think about. <laughs> yeah. Can you introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Yes. My name is Stephanie. I live in Colorado in the United States in the mountains, and I'm about to move home to New Mexico, which is where I grew up. And I always say that purpose is my purpose. It has definitely driven my life personally. It drives my business. I'm very passionate about understanding who I'm here to be and doing my work in the world and really supporting other people in doing that. So my business is built around helping people live their purpose. And we support people at all points on that journey from healing and finding wholeness to uncovering their passions and purpose to building an online business around it to branding and marketing and website design and development. And 
personally, I have two cats, two old man cats that I just love and adore. And I love to get outside. So I have a SUV that I sleep in the back of when I go on adventures. And yeah, I'm just really loving living my life, creating the conversations that I really want to have in the world and playing outside. That's right, because you have your own podcast, don't you? Yes, it's called Tales from the Journey, and it's stories of people who have overcome challenging chapters and big life transitions, just sharing how all these things that we go through in life really shape us and our purpose in the world. So it's been a lot of fun to connect with other people all over the world. Oh, that's so lovely. Well, I guess that sort of perfectly places you for this conversation, though, for many reasons, not just because of your own personal experience, but because of like the resources that you have created and being able to talk to so many people about the journeys that they've had and how they've overcome. And I'm sure that we all at some point get in our own way. Yes, absolutely. And my background is in branding and design. So my brain very much works in consistencies and inconsistencies. And that has really supported me in my own life, as well as helping my clients, because you start to see those patterns in yourself, like patterns and where they tie back to from our younger years and our subconscious pieces, but also, you know, really helping with creating consistency not in the sense that everything always has to be the same, but if you say something's important to you and you're clear on who you are, but you're not living in alignment with it, that is something that has really helped me from my branding background. And also just the way my brain works is just like, okay, well, this is who I say I am. And this is what's important to me. Then where am I out of alignment with that? And what do I need to do to really like rein myself in and get back on purpose? That's so cool. Well, we'll definitely dive into that in more detail. But first, I want to know, what have you stumbled through this week? This week, I had a friendship that kind of unraveled and Mm -hmm. it unraveled for just being at different places in our lives and not being able to communicate. And so stumbling through that. I definitely resonate with that as the term, because it's hard to be vulnerable and share what you're feeling and go up against someone else's beliefs and, you know, their experience and trying to figure out like, can we get back on the same page and how can we resolve and repair this? So it was definitely a stumble through. Oh, that's really, really hard. I feel that so keenly because I know that particularly when I was younger, friendship was something that I you know, focused on and really struggled with for a while. And it's just on a whole new level when you're an adult. You know, my my therapist told me that friendship is about fracture and repair. You know, fights are normal and natural. And it's about how you, you know, resolve those situations. And sometimes it's okay to just go, well, we've repaired this as much, but maybe this has to end here for a little while. And that's it's really sucky and it hurts when it does, but it doesn't mean that either of you are bad people or anything. It's exactly. just growth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's just meant to be that way for a little while. Maybe you'll come back to each other later. Exactly. You never know. Sometimes we outgrow each other or we go through changes that take us apart and sometimes it stays that way. And I've had friendships that have ended and then come back together later. So it's just trusting the process. Hmm. Yeah. On to my first question then, which is life is tough enough as it is, as we've just discussed. So why do we have such a hard time getting out of our own way when it comes to self-sabotage? It's such a good question. And 
I think that we often get stuck in the story of why we self-sabotage. So I'm very passionate about learning about the mind, the conscious and the subconscious mind. And so we all have a subconscious mind and a conscious mind. And the subconscious is the only thing that we have. And they say that's until you're about seven, five to seven years old, sometimes later is you just, your subconscious is just wide open. So it has no ability to accept or reject information, which means everything that we experience, every interaction we have, every person that's around us, young or old, influences what we believe to be true about the world. And we have no ability to say, yes, I agree with that or no, that doesn't feel right to me. So by time our conscious mind comes online, we've been bombarded from experiences and the people around us with belief systems that may or may not be true for us. And we believe that some things are possible and others are not. And then we all have a unique personality type and a core wound that comes with that. So our core wounds kind of break down into a few different things. Either I'm damaged and broken. I'm unlovable at my core. I'm not something enough, not good enough, smart enough, whatever enough. And it can be a combination of those and our own flavor, but those are generally the core wounds that we all have. And so there's all of this subconscious piece that is beneath the surface that we're not consciously aware of. I'm so sorry. Just before you go on, can we go through those core wounds again, just once more? So how many were there? There's four. I'm damaged or broken. I don't belong. I'm not something enough. Okay. I'm forgetting one. Sorry. Is it the same for I'm too much? Like I'm too something or I'm not enough something? It definitely can be the flip side of that. Like I'm too much for other people, which kind of ties back to there's something wrong with me. I'm damaged Mm. or broken or unlovable. Yeah. Please continue now that I've interrupted (laughs) your train of thought. (laughs) No worries. So we all have these core wounds. And again, this is all kind of hammered into us in one way or another before we can consciously make any sense of it. So we have this belief system that operates beneath the surface and actually influences our conscious choices and decisions. So we all think that we're out here making conscious choices and directing our lives in certain ways and responding to things when really, if we're not aware of the subconscious programming, we actually aren't free to make choices in our best interest because we don't realize that everything that we're doing is out of fear or out of a belief system that may not be relevant. And we don't understand where that comes from. So self-sabotage is a big way that our subconscious keeps us where we're at. And the subconscious's only job is to keep us safe and alive. And to the subconscious, anything that is different from what's known and familiar is unsafe and means we might die. That's the only thing that it knows how to do is to keep us in the known and familiar. Even if the known and familiar is really painful or awful or hard, or we're not happy, our subconscious knows that we can survive it. And so it will influence our behaviors. So if I say, let's take the relationship example, I'm in a relationship that's toxic. I'm not happy. It doesn't feel right for me. I consciously am aware of that. And I consciously want to change and I want to find a better partner or better friends or, you know, change my relationship with my family. The second that I start to take action towards that change, all of a sudden I'm going to start self-sabotaging. And that can look like a lot of different things. It can look like wrecking new relationships that are better. It can look like picking fights. It can look like 
getting sick or getting scared. And especially fear is what comes up when we go against the subconscious. Suddenly we're terrified of the things that we say we want. We're terrified to leave. We think we're never going to find a better partner. We're never going to find better friends. Like we're going to be all alone. We're going to end up dead on the street. Like our subconscious mind just takes us right to the worst case scenario. And so we revert. And sometimes that revert, that going backwards is a conscious thing that we don't realize is influenced by the subconscious. And sometimes it's just like we create chaos or we fixate on chaos so that we revert and go back. And so understanding that this is very much human nature and that we all do it and that there's deeper reasons that we don't understand takes that story away of like, Oh my God, I fuck everything up all the time. (laughs) You know, I'm always sabotaging and I can't get anything right. And all of those stories. So we know that our subconscious mind is there to protect us and it's just there to keep us safe and it views anything unknown as a danger. So that means that essentially our subconscious can enable us and prompt us to get stuck in the same stories, in the same cycles, because that's what it knows. And it goes, well, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And so it's like, it's the uncertainty that it views as a danger. So absolutely, if it can solve the story and it can like basically autocorrect its way to the end, then at least it feels safe because it's like, well, I know how this will end, even if that means that it'll end with me crying. Yep. So (laughs) any sort of uncertainty, even if it's good, like this could end up really great. Like what if the unconscious mind is like, no, absolutely not. Run. You don't know that for sure. We have no proof of that. Like (laughs) you have to have all this courage to do something that you've never done so that you can have something you've never had. But the unconscious mind is like, no, no, no. Why are we doing that? Yeah. And it will do anything it can to get you to stop. And all of us have our favorite ways of self-sabotage or stopping. And that can, again, look like active self-sabotage. I'm picking a fight. I'm messing up the project. I'm procrastinating again. I'm missing the deadline. Whatever that self-sabotage pattern is, it can also be things like, Every time I try to go for more, I get sick or all of a sudden my car breaks down or I get an unexpected bill. It's not that our subconscious is magical and can like manifest these things. Mm -hmm. It's that it finds things to fixate on. So if I have stress around money and that's one of my biggest fears, what would normally otherwise just be like, oh, I got this bill in the mail is like soul crushing. Oh my God, I can't do anything. I have to go Mm -hmm. backwards and everything's horrible. It like spins us out. There's a scientific name for it that's very clever. And it basically means that you will find whatever you're looking for. Like if you're looking for a pattern, you will find it. And so everything will just like, if you believe that you're not good enough or that you always ruin things or whatever your core wound is, you will view the facts in front of you and your unconscious mind and potentially your conscious mind as well will take that information and put it through the narrative that you've told yourself about yourself and just make it work Yep, in the most nightmarish Tim Gunn way possible. (laughs) And it's horrible and exhausting because we have this worldview that's been shaped so young, which tells us some things are possible for me and others are not. And this is what I should believe. And this is what is scary and hard. And I have this core wound story you know, mine in particular is that I'm damaged and broken and unlovable at my core. Mm. So we have this unconscious worldview that even though it's really painful, like it's painful to believe that if I don't know that it's there and I don't know that the subconscious is 
is working to keep me in the known and familiar. Like I don't realize that I'm constantly looking to reinforce my worldview because I don't know how to live in a world where I'm just lovable and valued and perfect as I am. Like that's not my unconscious worldview Mm -hmm. until I start working on it. So anything that happens, let's say you and I made this plan and you blow me off for whatever reason you have to cancel. If I'm not conscious of my stories, I might say, Oh, she doesn't like me. She figured out that I'm like a loser. And we like find a way to confirm like my worldview is correct, even Mm. though it's painful. Yeah. I've got, I suppose, two things that I just want to pop in here. The first thing is I totally understand what you're saying. I've had to do a lot of work myself in therapy to dig down into these damaging core beliefs that I have. And I don't want you to like be out there in the vulnerability landscape alone. So mine is that I am not anything enough, like not valuable, basically, or like capable. And there have been so many instances where like my brain has done that thing where it's like auto-corrected the story in front of me when it just hasn't been that way. And so it's been this exhausting process of having to notice those core beliefs playing out in my thoughts and then challenging those thoughts and then reviewing the facts in front of me and going, okay, well, is that actually true? Or is this just my view of myself and me projecting that onto whatever's happening? It's exhausting and it's a lot of work. I remember at one point when I was, you know, first challenging that and becoming aware of it, it felt like I'd taken you guys call it steel wool as well, right? Like that thing that you have when you scrub a pot that you've burnt rice in. (laughs) It felt like I was doing that on my brain. It was just so, oh, it was so much work. This is all to lead me to my next question, which is, do you think that all self-sabotage is based in fear? I think a lot of it is, yes. Because when we self-sabotage, like what other reason is there for that other than to keep us in the known and familiar? And that comes from either conscious or unconscious fear. Like sometimes, and again, to use relationships, like I always say, romantic relationships are not my zone of genius (laughs) in this life. And so there are times that I can see like, oh my gosh, I'm sabotaging this again. And why am I sabotaging this? And it's like, okay, here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what's uncomfortable for me. And then any time that I have looked at my patterns of stopping and self-sabotage elsewhere, it's always rooted in a fear. And the fear can be as simple as my subconscious doesn't know that we can survive this. Like we've never done this. We've never made this much money. We've never spoken in front of a group. We've never, you know, gone and tried this thing before. And, and the subconscious is just inherently afraid of anything that's different because we could die. It doesn't know that we can survive it. So I would say, yes. Like, I don't know that I could think of an example where I'm like, oh, they self-sabotage for a reason other than fear. And we might actively consciously decide, like, I'm just going to sabotage the crap out of this thing because Mm -hmm. I don't want it. But I would bet that if you really got to the root of why you don't want the thing that you were going after, there's probably a fear there. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can't help but think that it's like the board of directors in some big schmancy company. It's like, well, we've never done it that way before. So why would we do it now? Like, we we don't know how that will (laughs) end. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. It sounds like most, if not all, is based in fear. And even if it's not necessarily first obvious, then it probably is. Do you feel that maybe in those moments it might be useful to ask ourselves, like, what am I afraid of? Or like, what is scaring me right now? And that could sort of help us. Yeah, it can. 
And the thing to understand about the subconscious is that it is so sneaky. So (laughs) you, like all of us will have very logical, reasonable, justifiable reasons for why we stopped. And until we're able to get really honest with ourselves about like, yes, I am afraid. And yes, I have a subconscious that is derailing me just like every other human. It can be really hard to see that like, oh, I had a friend who I loved dearly and watched this person self-sabotage over and over and over again. And the way that they self-sabotaged was they were always too busy. They had Mm -hmm. to organize. They had to take care of things. The kids needed them. Like work was demanding. All of that is perfectly reasonable, justifiable. You can point to like tangible proof that they have a lot going on. And until we understand our favorite way of stopping and the ways that we let ourselves off the hook or the ways that we create that, like this person was very good at creating excess obligation in the Mm -hmm. face of things that they were saying yes to things. Right. So it's like the moment wanted, Yeah, they would actively put obstacles. And it's like, (sighs) we all do this in our own way. And we all have our favorite way of stopping, like I said. And so it can be difficult to say, hey, I think maybe you're afraid or to (laughs) ourselves, hey, maybe I'm afraid here because it's so logical that like, no, I just can't do it this week. Ah. Kids need me and the work blew up and all the things. And so it's like, we have to start to be aware of every time I go for something that I say I want, what is the reason, like what gets me to stop? And you can right. start to see the patterns. Oh, it's because other people need me. Oh, it's because work. Oh, it's because I get tired or sick. So it's hard to answer that honestly until you have a little bit more self-awareness. True, true. Hello, folks. I'm just popping in to let you know that Stumble Through is now hosted on Acast. It's really exciting and it means that you're going to be hearing some ads on Stumble Through from now on. The ads do help me keep the podcast going and you can help me and stumble through if you wanted to make a once-off donation. You can support the podcast through the support the podcast feature. It's just a little link in the show notes and you can make a once-off donation. There's no minimum spend, no strings attached. It's kind of like you're throwing me a coffee once in a while and that would be amazing. So if you want to support stumble through, click on the support the podcast link in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. Hope you enjoy. Who was that? He was a famous dead guy philosopher and he was like self-knowledge is true wisdom or something to that effect because you're right until we understand ourselves and have that awareness of ourselves to a certain extent we will still be a slave to our own subconscious patterns and beliefs and your comments there led seamlessly to my next question which is do you have some common patterns of behaviors that self-sabotage can manifest as So with this friend that you're talking about, theirs was, and I mean, who among us has not done this? They're like, okay, now I'm actually going to do this thing that I really care about and that I'm really interested in. That's a little bit scary. That's a little bit too real. And I'm just going to put all these different obligations and tasks in front of it. I'm going to say yes to things that I don't actually have any interest in, but because there's someone else on the other end of that, I'm going to prioritize that over the thing that I actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the best way to see what yours is, is to look back at every time I said I wanted something or it was important, what happened that kept me from doing that. And so common things are overbooking ourselves, saying yes to too many things, always being needed by other people. 
And so it's easy to, especially if we have kids or family that we take care of, it's very easy to use that one as a way yeah. to stop because kids especially always need something. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's nice to feel needed and we feel capable when we're needed. And also it's acceptable. It's even noble to be the person who puts everything that they want and that they feel is important on hold for other things, like for the good of their family or to take care of a friend or something. And it's like... Eh, this is like societally sanctioned self-sabotage. Absolutely. And then there's things like always getting sick. Again, technology breaks down. Suddenly there's financial crisis and unexpected bills. And then there are certain emotional states. So confusion is a big one. If you feel confused about how to do the thing you say you want to do, that's often the subconscious. Mm. My personal emotional states that stop me are overwhelm and burnout. And so if I don't feel overwhelmed and burned out, my subconscious will take me next to depression. Those are the three mm-hmm. that will get me to stop. And so I've had to be very conscious of that. And there's a way that I create that. Either I just feel it because I'm going for something big and scary. Suddenly I'm overwhelmed and burned out. Or I do the overbooking thing. Suddenly I have too many calls on my calendar and I'm just so exhausted and I just can't handle And so knowing that those are the emotional states that get me as soon as I feel overwhelmed and burned out, or I feel depression, I'm like, okay, is this true? Is there a real valid reason for this feeling? Or is this my subconscious getting me to stop? And it's, it's like a tantrum that the subconscious throws, but being confused, not knowing where to start. Like there's so many ways that we can do it. And that's why it's so good to look back and be like, Oh, every time I stopped, I felt burned out. Look at that. Like, (laughs) and the burnout, the emotional state or the confusion again, has very logical and justifiable reasoning to it. Like you can rationalize, like, of course I felt that way. These things were happening. And so it takes a lot of, again, self-awareness and self-trust and a willingness to get uncomfortable to say, What if I didn't let that make me stop? Like, what if I kept going anyways? What if I found a way through that, which is really hard because then the subconscious Mm -hmm. makes everything worse until we get to the other side of it. But it's just being able to say like, yep, I do that. Every time I feel this way, I stop. Every time these things happen, I stop. Yeah. So part of it is sort of doing a post-mortem on times where we feel we failed to do what we want to do or I suppose even just moments of failure, moments of crisis in our life to be like, okay, well, if we look back at this, was this a moment of self-sabotage? Can I recognize a pattern? And I suppose when we're talking about this, it's always complicated by the issue of mental health because a lot of the time, you know, mental health is is more than just pure cause and effect. A lot of the time it comes down to a chemical hormonal imbalance. It's interesting that one of your moments where you can go, oh, okay, am I self-sabotaging here because I'm beginning to feel, you know, those depressive low feelings. But, you know, for other people, it's just like, well, sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. It's just like rain. It just appears. And it's not to say that the depression isn't real. And so that's the thing to understand about the subconscious is I have genuinely struggled with depression throughout Mm -hmm. my life. When I'm depressed, we all know this, anyone who's felt depression, like you're less functional, (laughs) you don't have the energy and the motivation. And so my subconscious knows it can like see, okay, well, she didn't do anything when she was depressed. And so it can find ways to generate those feelings. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I have actually been depressed and it's like, okay, what is going on in my life that is keeping me from being and doing the things that Mm -hmm. I want? 
And other times it's like, okay, this is just a feeling in my body. That's familiar to my subconscious that if I slip into like I'll stop. And so it takes again, a lot of that self-awareness and with the mental health things like depression or anxiety, even it's like, you really have to know yourself and you really have to be able to discern. I can't tell you if you're Mm self-sabotaging or if you're just actually feeling depressed and anxious, like only you can know that difference. Yeah. You know, I mean, mental health is a whole learning how to manage your emotions in a healthy way and to be able to have those coping mechanisms and have those strategies so that, you know, even when you are in the depths of despair, you can still keep going. It's, it's really hard, but I guess, you know, putting that to one side for, you know, the moments where we notice patterns of behavior, like for example, your friend, if we take her and we say, well, she's going after something that she really cares about, but now it's the, it's the holiday season or something. So now you've got to go around to all these relatives and they're all these external obligations, which she can very easily go, okay, well, I can't do what I'm dreaming of right now because I've got all these things to take care of. How can we pull ourselves out of these cycles? That's a great question. And it depends on circumstances, like what's actually going on, as well as like your pattern for sabotage Mm -hmm. and also like all of the internal programming. So again, with the subconscious, one of the things is that we believe some things are possible and others are impossible. And that comes from before our conscious mind comes online. And so understanding what it is that we actually believe is impossible for us and how we choose unconsciously to compensate for that, like understanding our strategies that we use to move through life, which is a whole other conversation. But for your question, based on what we've talked about, like the first thing is noticing the pattern and then starting to push that edge. So again, everything your subconscious uses to stop you is going to seem completely justifiable. And there might be actual things going on in your life that it's latching onto. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the car breaks down, right? My car just had an issue. It was $1,200, you know, and if I'm in a place. car issues. Yeah. It's so fun. I don't have any money and that's one of the ways my subconscious can stop me. Like you better Mm -hmm. believe I'm spun out. And that's the end, like the end of whatever I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. So knowing your triggers, knowing your stories, the stories that you tell yourself. So the way that you're going to interpret the things that are happening to reinforce your core wound story. Uh, This is all the self-awareness stuff. And then the pushing of the edges is very unique to each person in their situation. Because if we take my friend, for example, two kids, all the extracurriculars, like you said, now it's the holiday season. There's all these obligations and other people. If I'm this person and I know my pattern of stopping is being overwhelmed and I, everybody needs me and I have all the external obligations I have to actively choose to go against that somehow. And we can start small, like me overcoming my overwhelm and burnout and depression stopper took very gently and slowly pushing beyond what I thought my limits were. So letting myself be overwhelmed, letting myself feel the depression and showing up for things anyways, and like learning to push the edge of it and expand the window of tolerance for those feelings. And the biggest thing with the subconscious is the more that you move towards what you want, especially if it's something that's really big and exciting and feels impossible, the worse it's going to be for a little while. And this idea is called the terror barrier, something I learned from a mentor of mine. So there's the normal highs and lows of life, normal ups and downs. We can tolerate those. We know how to do that. The second you go for something outside of your known and familiar, 
it's like all shit hits the fan, right? All of a sudden the normal ups and downs are like as chaotic and violently up and down. Yeah, because it's uncertainty, right? So the minute that we go beyond our comfort zone, that's big uncertain territory. And then you put something that we want at the end of that and the subconscious just goes into overdrive and everything is heightened and yeah. Yep, anything it can use to stop you, it will. So all of a sudden, you feel like your world is falling apart. The universe is telling you not to go for the thing. Everything is breaking. All your money is gone. Like anything that can happen that your subconscious can either make happen or fixate on will. So it's understanding again, nothing's wrong. It seems like the world is falling apart. All that's happening is that you're in the terror barrier. Your subconscious is throwing a tantrum. And if you can push yourself gently, you don't have to be like, I'm going to power through this and do all the things and nearly kill myself. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we do that. Sometimes it's this gentle, like I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing this edge. I'm going to take a break. And then I'm going to push some more. Once you get to the other side of that terror barrier and you see that you survived it, you're good to go. (laughs) Like your subconscious is like, oh, okay, we're doing this now and we're okay. Okay. So it's like with moving and cleaning up and that initial part of the creative process everything will get worse before it gets better. Yep. And just knowing, and to one degree or another, so I'm not saying anytime you try to make a change, your life will fall apart. Understanding that if I decide to consciously make a change, my subconscious is going to freak out. There's going to be some level of chaos, some level of spin out, some level of story. Like here's the ways that I know I stop. I'm going to watch for those. And then you write it out. And sometimes it's like, I've had terror barrier moments that are like, I'm freaked out and everything's hard and chaotic. And I feel all the things for like three hours. And I've had it where it's like three months Mm -hmm. and it just depends on what you're working towards. And so having support and just, but the biggest thing that's helped me is knowing like nothing's wrong. This is what happens when I go against the known and familiar. This is why I understand Mm -hmm. all my subconscious pieces And that just helps settle us so that we don't interpret it as the universe is saying no, or I'm not cut out for it or whatever else. It's like, nope, this is just what happens. Right. So essentially the terror barrier is largely just us fighting with ourselves to get to what we want. And so this is basically the, the work that it takes to get out of our own way. Exactly. And figuring it out. So if you have actual external obstacles like kids or work obligations. It's like, you have to learn a new way to balance things or organize things or start saying no to things or getting support. So it's like, that's part of the chaotic process is you're used to doing it all. You're used to like putting your stuff aside. So how do you stop doing that? Mm -hmm. And that's messy too. And we don't always get it right. And I think something that's really important is remembering that this is what's supposed to happen, but also it doesn't mean anything about you that it is. It doesn't mean anything about you that it's hard or that you fail or that you get it wrong the first few times. It's just, you're figuring out a new way of being in the world. Yeah. I think that that is such a vital and important thing to understand. You're right. I remember particularly in my very early twenties, I thought that I was just so incapable and that I couldn't do things because I found things so difficult. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, no, things are just really that hard. Like that's, it's quite normal to feel that level of struggle, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's human. Yeah. You know, it it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of self-worth to a certain degree to be able to get into that zone of terror and to push beyond it and to get out of our own way 
Do you have any tips or things that you've learned for ways that we can improve our self-worth and self-efficacy overall so that we can grow and show up for ourselves? Yeah, definitely. And that's such a great question. Self-worth is is huge. Like, first of all, you have to really want the thing that you're going for to like move yourself through the terror barrier and you have to feel worthy and deserving of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you'll succumb to all the core wound stories and the outdated beliefs. And so I always start with, again, understanding your subconscious and your personality type and your core wounding. Cause if you don't understand your lens, it's really hard not to buy into the story. And once you understand your lens, my core wound again, for reference is that I'm unlovable. I'm damaged and broken at my core. Knowing that I know when I go into those stories. And so I have to actively do the work to love myself and to accept all the parts of me that aren't quote unquote perfect, or that don't fit in, in the ways that others seem to like, I, it helps point to, if this core wound is your belief in your worldview and, and like the worst thing that you can feel about yourself and believe to be true, how do you actively counter that? And having external support with that is great. If you have amazing friends and community and people who love you for who you are, that's all amazing and wonderful, but it starts with me loving myself and accepting myself for who I am. And so it's that internal work of like building a relationship with yourself, loving yourself for exactly who you are, accepting the parts of you that you feel ashamed or embarrassed about, like doing the shadow work of like, these are the parts of myself I've rejected and disowned. And I'm going to now own them in all their messy glory and own them for me first, and then invite people into my sphere that support and love me for that too. So I think it's very much an inside job which is annoying when you're first starting out (laughs) because you just want like an easy, like go buy this book and you'll feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's totally true. I always say that, you know, people never have to go through these things alone, but you do have to do it yourself. And you're right. It's so annoying when you can't just have like this simple, simple answer, you know, it's like, what do you mean? I have to do like all of this internal work and challenge (laughs) thought patterns. Can't I, can't someone just tell me that I just have to go and find this really rare mushroom on top of a random mountain in the Himalayas at dawn on July 6th. (laughs) And that mushroom will just solve all my problems because honestly, like sometimes I want to hear that much more than I want to hear Okay, well, Paula, maybe you just need to take a beat and do some journaling. And instead of reciting all these negative self-beliefs to yourself, maybe you need to challenge them and start saying, okay, what if I am inherently lovable? And what if I do deserve things? And what if I can do things? What stories can I find to support that belief system? And then you sit there staring at a blank page for like five (laughs) days and go, dang it. Okay. I do have to do this work and I do have to find one thing at first. And then it sort of snowballs. Yeah, Yeah. but it does. You're right. It builds. And at first you don't feel better and you don't believe the things and it's frustrating and you're annoyed with us for telling you to do it. Mm. And it starts to take root. And if you have trauma, especially it's even harder. So it's like, again, self-awareness and understanding everything you've been through and how it's shaped you because trauma adds a whole other layer. And so it's just like getting the support when you need it and learning how to override those things and adopt new stories. And the more that you do that, the easier it is to weather things like the terror barrier, because you don't believe the stories when they come up anymore. 
Yeah. It's a whole journey and it takes an annoyingly long time and you can't yeah. ever like say, yeah, no, just do it for a year and you'll be fine. It's like, mm. and it's never over either. Core wounds. Yeah. They're always going to be there. They're less intense. They don't hook us as much, but my core wound story is always the first thing that wants to come up in a lot of situations. I just, I'm not hooked by it anymore and I don't believe it. So it's, it's a lifelong, it's a yeah. lifelong process. It's one of those things where, you know, like when you, when you get a scar or an injury, you, depending on the injury is always going to be there, just like the scar, but the way that you interact with that and the way that you manage it is totally different. And that'll change and adapt throughout your life. Yep. It's a really important and vital thing to understand and to, I know that there are going to be some people listening. Cause I know that I would at some point be like, what, what do you mean? My whole life, my whole life is just dealing with this. <laughs> Why? It's like it's okay. You will be fine though. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That is such a really wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now it is time for the things I've never said segment where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. Our first submission is, I wish I didn't act out so erratically. All I was trying to do was fix things. I relate to that one. And I think about even the friendship thing that we talked about at the start that I stumbled through this week, there was erratic behavior on the other person's side. And I had so much compassion for that because I've done that as well. Like when we're triggered or we're scared, especially if we're losing something or we think we've broken something, I mean, we just, sometimes we just panic. And, and sometimes even if I know for me, even if the thoughts and the feelings and the things I want to say and do are clear internally, and they just come out as this big jumbled mess, <laughs> like, you know, like, especially when you're panicked and there's a mm. sense of urgency to fix something. Like I've certainly been there. And I feel like this friend was there earlier this, this week of like, it's just, it just comes out in a mess and that panics you even more. And then you freak out even more and you get like even more erratic and all over the place. And so I just have so much compassion for that experience, whatever the situation was for this person, because it's like, we've all been there and it can be so hard to stay centered once it starts. Like I know once I like lose the thread or whatever for myself, or I'm in the jumble of it, it's like really hard for me to catch myself and stop. So I just, that's my response, I guess. It's just like a tremendous amount of compassion. Like we've all been there. It happens to everyone. No, you're so right. It really really does. You know, you can feel so defeated afterwards. You know, sometimes we have something that's so clear in our head and then we just mangle it as it, with our human hands and our human mouth. It's almost like the more we mangle it, the more distressed we get and the harder it is to actually make it come out the way that we want it to. And you're right. It is really difficult. I very much sympathize. I can empathize with that in moments like that. Maybe it's like you said, it's taking that beat to go, okay, well, which of my core beliefs is playing out right now? Can I challenge it in this moment? Can I take a beat and go, hey, you know, even if it's just talking to someone and this is happening, maybe you can just go, okay, I'm actually just going to speak a little bit slower right now because things that I'm saying aren't coming out the way that I want them to. And I want you to know that I, I want you to know that I care for you. And I want to express myself truthfully and honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always go back later and say, look, I was not clear headed. I would like to try again. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there are very few things in life, very few things that are unfixable true, or unfigureoutable at least. <laughs> true. 
So our next submission is, why did you leave? Now, I'm assuming that this is a question that our listener is asking themselves from situations where they feel like they've self-sabotaged. So to me, it sounds like they've been in a situation which has been really good and then they've just decided to leave for one reason or another. And now they're like, why did I do that? Yeah, I relate to that as well. You know, especially if it's a relationship thing or any kind of relational situation, which can also be work or other people environments, <laughs> being like understanding your attachment style. I have at times in my life been avoidant attachment, which is like, we just like exit. We try to get as much space as we can, especially when there's conflict. And so from the self-sabotage perspective, it's like a great question to ask yourself for whatever reason you're asking it. Why did I leave? Like, what's important to you in that situation? Did you want to stay? Like, is there something that you wish you did differently? Is leaving a pattern for you? And leaving can happen. We can physically leave. We can shut people out. Like we can dissociate. We can shut our emotions down. There's a lot of ways we can leave something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, is leaving a pattern for me? And like, why do I leave? Like, does it make me feel safer? If it makes me feel safer, what was I afraid of? Why am I afraid of that? And can I tie that back to things that happened in my childhood? Because the subconscious is all of that internal subconscious stuff is built in those first five to seven years. Again, seeing the patterns and where they come from helps us give ourselves compassion of like, oh, that's why I left. And if leaving is not what I wanted to do, what is it that I actually want? And what is the scary thing that I have to do now? Do I need to go back? Do I need to put my walls down? Do I need to learn to come back into my body if I've dissociated? Like, what is it that I actually want? And so not beating yourself up if you left, whatever it was that you left and that isn't what you really wanted. So many people do that for so many different reasons. And with trauma, it can be a trauma response. And that's not something that we have conscious control over until we unpack our trauma. So again, with compassion. Yeah, for sure. Our final submission for today is my catchphrase is I'll get up early and finish that. (laughs) Sabotage Uh, for the win. Yeah. Procrastinating as a form of self-sabotage, which I suppose, you know, as we've already discussed, it can be procrastinating by doing other things or, you know, any other form. But I remember having some of these thoughts being like, I'll get up early and finish that. But I never did. I never will because I'm not a morning person. And now I know not to tell myself this lie, at least because I, I know that I won't get up. It's like, no, I either make peace with the fact that this will not be done at 7am tomorrow morning, or I just find a way to push through because once I go to sleep, that's it. I'm not waking up early. That doesn't happen. (laughs) And morning you's going to be really pissed at evening you. Mm. putting them in that. I will say there have been times and this again, self-awareness and discernment. There are times when it's like, I need to just go to bed because I, there's no way this is getting done. And I will get up and do it in the morning and be refreshed. That's few and far between. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I never leave gas until the morning. If you need gas to get to where you're going in the morning, (gasps) you're always going to forget. Oh my gosh. I've got to put that on a t-shirt or a key ring or something because that happens every time. So this one, it sounds like it comes down to not just being aware of the way that you can get in your own way, but also being aware of like who you are as a human, your own ebbs and flows, and just being like, instead of doing this the way that other people tell me I should, maybe I should find a way to make it work for me. 
Yes. Hack your life. That's what Mm. I say. We all have things like I can do really cool things in the world. I've built businesses and websites and all the stuff, but I can't check my mail to save my life. I can't mail things to save my life. And so there's things that I do to like hack what's hard for me or what I have poor executive function around. And other people are like, it's so dumb. You can't just do X, Y, Z. It's like, no, I can't. So I do it this way. Yeah. Because you you do it the way that works for you. I mean, that's not silly at all. That's being an adult. I'm the same. People think that I'm this really organized, like really tidy, really like meticulous person. And to a certain extent I am, but that's because it's a coping mechanism. Because if I don't do those things, I fall to pieces. Like my keys, I have to make sure that the first thing I do when I come through the door is put my keys on the key tray. And then I have to like put my bag in the one spot. And then my keys live in that one spot in my bag because like, I don't know why, but when it comes to just losing things like keys, that will just derail my entire day. Yeah. And you know that about yourself. I do. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I have a friend (laughs) who's been on the podcast called Jen, and she is one of the most talented creative human beings like she can just do anything like if she announced to me today that she was going to start a company or that she was going to move across the world or that she wanted to become an olympic skier or something i'd be like yep cool i'll see you at the next olympics in three years (laughs) like that's i wouldn't even question it but you know the the flip side is that her holy trinity is her keys her wallet and her phone, well, her, her bank card, basically. And it's like, when she has all three, that's a good day of the month, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but you know, she, she's also found ways to, to mitigate that and to find ways to keep track of things. And she, yeah. I should say this because she might listen, Jen, you're doing much, much better. Okay. You are, <laughs> you are a grown up. but it's just, it's one of those things where we can't all be perfect. And yeah, it's we just know, finding. No one is. Yeah. We just have to, I just said, we can't all be perfect. No one can be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I guess to, to wrap up the podcast, was there anything that you felt like you didn't get a chance to say any last pieces of advice? I always like to close with the reminder to build trust in yourself and your intuition and discernment. Nobody can decide what's right for you. What's really going on for you. We can get support, whether it's coaches or therapists or friends but only you can really discern if you're self-sabotaging or not. Only you can discern like what's, what's really right for you and what's not. And that comes back to really knowing yourself and trusting yourself and your intuition. And nobody can do that for you. Yeah. That's really, really important. We have to do the work ourselves. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, final question that I will final two questions that I have for you. The first is what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? I would adopt another animal from the shelter. Aww. They need more homes. I'm not allowed at the shelter because I'll take all the animals home. So (laughs) if I knew 10,000 people were going to follow me, then I would go. (laughs) Mm. A lot of the animal shelters in Australia were almost empty or like basically empty for a while during the pandemic. That's really great. And I hope that they stay that way and that there isn't this horrible return of animals now that people are like, oh, I connected the house now. It's like, "Mm, no, (laughs) an animal is for life. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad that, you know, we've got so many people in the world now who are adopting animals and having this beautiful, wholesome hearted response. 
They're the best. They are. Where can we find you? And do you have anything to plug? Yes, you can find me everything about me and that I do at stephaniezamora.com. And I spell my name S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E-Z-A-M-O-R-A. And then if you go to stephaniezamora.com slash make it happen, all one word, I have a workbook that's all about how to make the impossible happen. And it will help you identify your core wounding and different conversations and ways of taking action to help make anything that feels impossible, which only feels impossible because of your subconscious programming. It will help you start to move towards that and engage with the world in a different way. And it's completely free. Oh, that's so exciting. I remember when, when we were talking about doing this episode, we were talking about, you know, digital products and the ethics around that and how you were telling me that most of your digital products are much, much cheaper than other people's and way less expensive than you could charge because you just want people to have the tools. I do. I want it to be accessible. So I've shifted all my like online programs into books and like workbooks and less expensive things. Cause it's like, I mean, we understand that there's an energy exchange that needs to happen or people won't do the work, but Mm -hmm. if it means more people can do the work, if it's all less expensive, like that's, what's most important to me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Stephanie. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing so much of your knowledge and insight. I've really appreciated having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me and thank you for doing this work. It's really important that people have support and guidance and and wisdom and insight when they're stumbling through things. Oh, thanks. I don't know if I call myself wise. Mostly I'm just here to be like, hey, I'm not entirely sure how to be an adult, but I'd really like to. So (laughs) this is me trying. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions. Graphics are by Claudia Piggott, music by Jessica Fletcher, and editing by Dominic Guilfoyle. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us and makes me really happy. You can now rate us on Spotify, which would be huge. Please do that. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod. We do pep talks every Sunday. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. Chat soon. Bye. 